Welcome to The Barkside, Veterinary Business and Leadership Unleashed, where we empower veterinary business owners and professionals like you to advance your private practice by leveraging the tools and strategies of big corporations. Welcome to The Barkside. Gerardo, good to see you again. It's been, I think it's been a while. So how have you been? Oh, I've been great. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. And you guys, you ready to rock and roll in 2024? Yeah, I think that's that's the theme. We're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> um, so we uh, promised uh, we promised listeners to break down all the aspects of management of the clinic, and today is going to be one of the topics that is really difficult to be excited about. I know two people on the planet that are excited about this topic, and it's not you're not one of them, Gerardo. And not me. <laughs> so, but it's very important to learn about it. We want to talk about inventory management because that is something that I never knew about. I had no idea how it's done, and I had no idea that it's a thing. So that's a that's a great start for mm. the depth of my knowledge on this. But I did learn quite a few things in the last couple of years. So I'm excited to learn how you were doing it in your clinics and maybe kind of give oh, the gosh. reality check to everybody who is listening that uh, we don't know everything that's what give, the, be the give what i've learned all so i've learned that? is that when you when all i've learned is that when you do it well it saves you money and um for ages in our hospitals we had um i think our little emergency is different our inventory was like 10 percent or something like that and then uh, progressively over a couple of years, our inventory might have dropped it down to 6.5 or something like that. And I was just like, is that even possible? And all I know is that she just said no to a lot of things and that saved money. So what I've learned was that you say no when someone asks for something and then you save money in inventory. That's 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 it. End of the episode. As much as I know. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the end of my contribution. That's it of my contribution. But uh, you... Sound like as if you know a lot more about it than I do. All I know is that it's good to get into control, under control, and how do you do that? Mm-hmm. But um, what have you learned over the last couple of years, man? Let's let's take a step back and just talk about a couple terms that nobody knows about and mm-hmm. we'll start yawning when they're talking about it. So one of the important things that we talked about is the financial um, management and business acumen when you're starting to run a clinic. And uh, when you're looking mm. at P&L, which stands for profit and loss document that you should look at at least monthly when you finish your month end, then you should look at a couple of lines in it. And one of them, as your accountant or bookkeeper will report to you, is called cost of goods sold, which is COGS. So mm. essentially, uh, so the abbreviation is COGS. So essentially, that is your inventory. So cost of goods sold, meaning that whatever you sell, which is medications, food, and other stuff, you have to mm-hmm. buy it. And uh, when you buy it, it should not go over a certain amount of your revenue. So when you're looking at that mm-hmm. number, a lot of the reports come in, and just like I looked yesterday at our report, they come in, in in numbers. They're not in percentage. So you want to convert it into that because industry is monitoring it in the percentage. It's not in the number because I don't know what's your revenue, what's another clinic revenue, but in percentage-wise, we know that uh, a lot of clinics that run, and we, we're going to talk the difference between the general practices and ER, but a lot of practices are running around mm. 27%, 30% COGS, which is your inventory. So when you mentioned we were 10 and went down to 6, I want to start with how insanely optimized you were when you were 10, um, because that is almost unachievable in a general practice. couple mm. caveats to that that I do know um, is that... Um, 
the general practice does sell a lot of food. Food had a, has a very yes. low margin. And therefore, when mm. we talk about margin, meaning that when you sell a bag of food, if you mark it up 20, 30%, that's all. So you're, you know, 70% of that sale is cost of goods sold because you're buying food expensive and selling it with a smaller margin. Now, all the services in the vet clinic, such as dental and exam fees and everything that you do with your hands, eyes, brain, mm -hmm. and everything else, has the only one overhead is the labor. So you're paying humans, doctors, and technicians, and assistants to perform work, but there's no goods uh, associated and the cost with that in order to make it work. You might have a syringes, you know, you might have gauze and, you know, things like that, IV lines and stuff like that, but it's pretty cheap compared to the prices of the services. So emergency mm. care, urgent care are being service businesses yeah. more than uh, GP. Mm. And therefore, that's yeah. why I think your inventory is so low. Yeah, we essentially, we just had medications. That was it, medications and syringes and whatever and stuff. And it, maybe even to a certain degree, the inventory was segregated to some way. But I, I know that when um, the inventory manager came through and slowly progressively got better deals, and when I say no, basically it was, it's just every, like it's every week or so, there would be a new request for a new medication or a new request for a new tablet size or a new request for a different kind of gauze or a different kind of syringe. And then before you know it, you got three different types of meloxicam and then two different types of carprofen or something. And then you have four different non-steroidals when ultimately, if you just get used to using one and comfortable using one, you just have one, you don't have this stock and capital just sitting on a shelf that goes and becomes expired. So it was, it was quite impressive to see the, the, the impact of saying no. And then I remember one person told me that um, every time you open your mouth as a business owner, it costs you money. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, I'm never going to speak ever again. Yeah. <laughs> well, the um, the couple more sort of nuggets of wisdom. Why the hell do you want to talk about this boring topic? So yeah. When you're optimizing your business to be more profitable, essentially, uh, you talk about three main figures at the top. So you have revenue, you have expenses, and mm. you have profit. Mm. So revenue, everything that goes in the till, and that's what everybody's acutely aware of and says, oh my God, they made so much money. But then what nobody understands is that there are also costs to make revenue. Mm -hmm. And then the profit is something that you want to optimize for the shareholder value. And let's say in our clinics, everybody's a shareholder. So it's much easier for me to optimize this because when I say, no, we're not using the lint roller to clean the table uh, because mm -hmm. you can use a vacuum. That's me not being mm -hmm. just frugal, but everybody understands that we're saving money for ourselves. So mm. the uh, the trick in the uh, why are you looking at cost of goods sold is because there's a couple expense lines that you have in your um, hospital. Some of them are called fixed costs. Some of them are variable costs. <clears throat> so fixed cost is rent, uh, lights, you know, electricity, uh, your uh, snow removal, if you're not in Australia, your, you know, things that you cannot change. And they're sort of, you know, they're almost like things that you have to do that you have to do and you can't avoid paying them, your insurance, your, you know, other things like that. And then you're left with mm. some variable cost and most clinics allocate 
labor to variable cost. And from accounting perspective, it absolutely is right. And you can optimize your labor. But also, once you optimize it, you can't really cut back on the labor once you have the sufficient team to run sufficient workflow. And then if you start cutting more into that, you will get into burnout and insufficient workflows and basically a lot of resentment and people are not motivated because they don't have enough support. So I almost, almost handle labor, mm. not from accounting perspective, because accountants out there will start screaming that I'm wrong. But from just operational perspective, to me, labor, once you dialed in how you want to operate the hospital, is almost a fixed cost. The whole thing that uh, clinicians mm. go, well, we're not busy. Let's send three people home. You're sending people that are paid 20 bucks an hour to be paid 20 bucks less mm. that day, which I personally hate. It is the job mm. of the business to generate enough business, business coming through the door. So they're busy. 100% of the time that they're hired. You can't take someone and say, everybody go home because I didn't bring enough business to you. That is your responsibility as a business owner. That magic marketing that we talked about, that's what that does. If you can't mm. bring enough business through the door, that's your problem. That's personally how I think about it. But <clears throat> so then you're left with a couple, uh, very few actually, variable things that you can't control. And one of them is COGS. So essentially, if you want to make your profit higher, if you do your inventory management correctly, this is how you increase your profit. So simple math. We bought a clinic in Virginia that had uh, inventory run continuously at 27%. General practice, good optimized general practice should have inventory line on monthly basis COGS about 21, 2021. 20, it's general practice, not ER. We'll talk about it. So mm. what can you do about it? There's a couple things. You need to make sure that you're ordering only the stuff that you're using, just like you mentioned, Gerardo, but not only because you contain mm. it to one medication. Yes, you uh, negotiate with the vendors and yes, you're, you're buying only one type, but you also don't buy a lot. What a lot of vets do, ah, oh, yeah. rabies vaccine was on sale. So therefore I bought supply for three years down the road and yeah. that kills your cogs. Well, go ahead. Okay, question, question there, right? So, because you think about it, some people think about it, go, okay, yeah, I want to buy three months worth of non-steroidals because it's 20% off or something like that. And you're like, okay, it's going to save me some cash. But then what are the alternative thought is where you buy just what you need, but within the actual payment terms. So essentially, you, you're never really out of capital in the sense that you, you have stock that um, you buy. And then you sell it before the time comes that you actually like um, need to pay the bill in a way. So therefore you, it gets sold and, and essentially you're just like on selling and then you're just never really having capital sit in physically in the building for longer than the payment terms are. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's a one thing that uh, a lot of vets overlook. So essentially what you want is you don't have money locked on your shelves. That's what it is. Yeah, and uh, you yeah. want to, nobody ever looks at it this way. They're like, well, I bought, you know, three years worth of rabies vaccine, but that's mm -hmm. money that is locked on the shelves. And then lots of things happen, expiry, theft, uh, unfortunately, and mm -hmm. other things that happen. And then it completely skews your financials. So the most common system of ordering inventory is... Well, there's three, let's call it three different uh, types of uh, business owners that do it. Ones are just buy what we need because we need to work. I hate to be out of syringes or I hate to be out of this medication. And they yell at their manager and says, I want everything I need to be on the mm. table or on the shelf all the time. They never look at their finances mm. and they're like, well, I'm paid salary, whatever I pay myself. And then bills are paid and I'm happy. And then all of a sudden when they go to sell mm. their practice, 
someone comes in and says, but what is the profit? Because we're buying your practice on the multiple of the profit. The profit is after you paid yourself mm. salary, paid everybody's salary, and then that leftover, that is what the multiple is on. And if that's not optimized, then you don't get a proper value for your practice. So that's one type. They just say, buy whatever we need because I don't want to be out of X. The second type is mm. a little more dialed in. And then basically they do the budget, that magic word. And then budget is not only about how much money you can spend on inventory. They do budget for the hospital. So essentially budget is on how much I'm going to make. Yeah. Budget is how much I'm going to spend and budget is how much profit I'm going to have. So that's the overall budget on all the numbers. And if you're even more detailed, you have a budget on how much I'm going to make in dentistry, how much I'm going to make in surgery, how much I'm going to make in inventory sales or or the uh, over-the-counter sales. And then they watch each number. And then all of a sudden they say, uh-huh, we, we uh, dipped in dentistry. Therefore, let's advertise dentistry more and then ramp up that revenue. Mm. So it's watching it very closely. Almost none of the veterinarians do it. And uh, the corporates sometimes watch that, but if they get the right data. But the line, how much they can sell, uh, sorry, buy of, of mm. goods is also in that budget. So they usually give the budget to their manager and they say, here's, you can spend $5,000 worth of inventory every month. And then they say, I don't care mm. what you do, what you buy, that's your budget, which is one way of doing yeah. it. And you can precisely control it, but you will run into short um, of something. Mm, especially in busy times. Right, all the time. And then that irritates the doctors, mm. that irritates everybody because you're like, well, we're out of Serenia. Well, I couldn't order it because I didn't have any more money. Mm. Well, why did you buy this? And then this argument, because how do you select what you buy? And the person who usually is ordering stuff is not in charge mm. of deciding what to do it. They just see that it's they're mm. out of it and they're trying to keep up with the shelf life mm. of you know of everything. But that's the second time. Yeah. And now there is a new way of doing it. And that's something that uh, I'm going to advertise my friend Emmett, who is building this product called Inventory Ally. We're using it and it's a completely mm. new way to manage inventory, which is really, really interesting. So what they do, they have the software called Inventory Ally. Check them out online. And basically they dig into your historical data and they look at your yeah. last year, the same week spent. So essentially, they look at your sales. They see last year, a week, this, the following week, you sold 20 rabies mm -hmm. vaccines, 15 Filuk FIV, and you sold that much Medicam, and you sold that much of whatever flea products. And then it looks at that, and then it looks at that historically a couple years back, and essentially it allows you to say, okay, well, if repeatedly in the last three years we spend that much on that particular week, this is how much we should have on the shelf mm. because ultimately that's what we probably will need. So this creates a really mm. interesting environment where you are buying according to what you remember you spent last year to generate the same amount of business. And that is really cool mm. because this is the artificial intelligence-driven analysis of your data and based on the data you're mm. ordering. It creates a very precise management of what you buy is just in time, which is a term from lean or from Kanban, when you have mm. the drug that you need just in time when you need it. And essentially, you're not overfilling your shelves with the products that you're not going to need. Mm. Okay. And then I suppose then um, if it's AI-driven, then also you would be able to somewhat predict growth or something like that, or factor in growth. The clinic is growing 10% on last year or something. Last year we had 21 bottles. Now let's, let's get uh, 21 bottles, 21 vials. Let's get 22, 23 or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I think that's that's pretty much what it was. It was it was almost just in time. It's like we had like it was because it was helpful that we had a really small pharmacy, right? We didn't have heaps of drugs, and then we also had like a few lines of common ones that we just stuck to. Um, so it was easy to to sort of look around, and um, there was color coded which how many there needed to be, and um, you can almost visually just double check, like look over the top of things and see how many things were. So to do a stock take which was done every week was was actually didn't take as long as it would it used to but I suppose in general practice you've got a heap of a heap of, uh, of products that you need to do but stock taking is also something that um, it just seems to be much more difficult than it does I don't know what kind of what kind of so let's say you got inventory LA right and, it, and it's tracking your things and you still need to to have like a like a PIMS or some kind of process to tracks and the, how many were sold and and is there easier 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 ways of, of stock take or easier ways or method methods of of keeping track of actually how much stock is really on the shelf yeah so what's important is to kind of verify that if you run some uh software that manages that and it takes what was mm. delivered and it counts of what was spent which inventory ally does it for you because they dip into they go through and, and you would know it's like us products called betco that aggregates all the purchasing companies it actually goes and helps you to find the cheapest product amongst all the, oh yeah and then uh, and then they're helping to aggregate and then order and then it automates it through inventory ally so it's a really great combination of things but you still need to take stock mm. and essentially that's called a cycle count so what you need to do is to come mm. in and at least quarterly to do this sort of double check and make sure that what's in your system is on your shelf and um couple of things they can do to optimize the process because essentially you go around the the hospital and you shake bottles and it's an annoying and very lengthy process. So what they recommend is they actually will do onboarding for you and will help you with all these processes and send them up. But essentially, I think that the way they do it, they stagger the class of medications. You don't do all of them at once. You do non-steroidals yes, one makes sense. And then you do, uh, you know, flea products next month. So you do a small cycle count every month. Instead of once in three mm. months, you lock a technician and then you spend 12 hours of them yeah. digging through your inventory. And the other well, thing... Even, even if... Yeah. Go ahead. You go. Well, I was, I was just about to say, even if you just had use AI to, to uh, predict the best time would be the best time to do a stock take on a certain particular type of stock, right? So come one, some could be weekly, some could be fortnightly, some could be every seven days, like seven days, seven days a week, 10 days or whatever. I'm assuming people do that. But... Um, but it makes sense what you're saying is what, why do a whole entire stock take? Absolutely. And then you can also optimize it by mm. smaller tools that are sort of outside of that. But there is a tons mm. of really cool apps that mm. uh, that actually count pills. Like pill, pill counters? Absolutely. Yeah. You take a picture of the – of you just dump the whole pill container, take a picture of it, and it tells you 91 pills. And it's done within seconds. So – all of that is also should be used in the cycle count times, and I think that that can optimize it. So, this is a huge advertising for Inventory Ally, but I do like the yeah. event, um, and I think it's worthwhile to connect with them, and they will help to stand up the process. So, I think yeah. we squeezed twenty minutes out of this topic that I thought we are not going to be able to. So, what did we cover? We covered the terminology around it. We covered the doing stock takes it. Don't necessarily, or you know, a, a different way of looking at stock taking, a different way of actually looking at ordering, and then we talked about 
the somewhat the whole thing about having what's it called money stuck on shelves you know pretty much so i don't know i think those are the main things that really i took away from it and i just picked up some stuff tonight man that was good thank you excellent no thank you there was uh there was a good conversation about inventory management cheers